What's up, guys? This is Rick Paulton, the Whole Damn Enchilada Podcast. And this episode we wanted to dedicate to Carol Locatell, the late Carol Locatell who passed away last week on the 11th of April. And if I did this right, you would have heard going into this segment some quotes from her as Ethel Hubbard, who stole the show on Friday the 13th Part 5, my favorite entry in the series. Uh, obviously, the podcast is inspired by it. The name is from the name of the podcast, Whole Damn Enchilada. It's obviously from part five. And, you know, she she was great in it. And everybody knows all of her lines. You know, your big dildo and eat your fucking slop. And the list goes on and on, which you heard her say it better than me a couple, couple seconds ago. So we just wanted to take a second to dedicate the episode to her, our review of Friday the 13th, part five. We were going to do something different this week. And, uh, after she passed, we felt that it was our duty to go ahead and review part five and dedicate the episode to her. And hopefully we don't disappoint her and um, take a second to offer our thoughts and our condolences to her family and especially Ron Sloan, who did the conventions with her all the time and was they kind of had a mother-son relationship, or at least it seemed that way if you ever seen them out like that like I said I've never met her personally but I've seen video from her at conventions and uh, she was born on December 13th 1940 which happened to be a Friday the 13th I found that interesting and uh I wanted to tell her that when I met her at Minicon because I don't know you know who knows what day you were, the week you were born do you know I mean I don't know what day the week I was born but when I was doing some research on her I noticed that, and I, I bet she would have got a kick out of it if she didn't know. But, uh, yeah, she 
she was a, a, a great great woman and helped uh, you know help make this this movie and this series that we all love great and uh, rest in peace Carol Ocatel aka Ethel Hubbard and in honor of her we're going to um, do a segment every week the the big dildo of the week segment <laughs> where we roast somebody in, in her honor every week and what right now we're going to just go into the review of that of the movie and then later on in the episode we'll do that and hopefully that's enjoyable hopefully you guys like it so give me some feedback let me know what you think uh, and uh just keep ethel and her family in your thoughts and prayers and uh yeah like i said rest in peace carol lockatel at age 12 brutal self-defense murder of a psychopathic killer boy they've given him every therapy they can think of it's wonder his mind isn't fried with all the drugs have given him the mindless murderous fury that was buried with Jason has been Reborn. Pete! And suddenly, terror has become child's play. Friday the 13th, Part 5, A New Beginning. Once again, to the whole damn enchilada podcast. And this week, due to the unfortunate passing of Carol Locatel, we decided to pivot and do a review of Friday the 13th Part 5 instead of our review of Victim No More, which we'll get to next week. And we're the interview set up for Tuesday. We're going to get that done. But this week, all about Friday the 13th Part 5, all about Ethel Hubbard, all about Carol Locatel. And with me, as usual, my co-host, Ryan Inman. Good evening. Good evening. Yeah, sometimes you have big plans and something good, or in this case, something bad happens, and you got to pivot. Got to pivot. Yeah, but uh, we, well, we, we we did part seven. I like the way that that went down. We liked the four, I like the format it went to. Everybody gave me good feedback on it, so we're going to try to do it kind of the same way. And hopefully it's entertaining, hopefully it doesn't suck, and hopefully... Uh, we make we make Ethel proud with our review of uh, of her movie. No matter what we do or what we say, she should just call us a couple of dildos. Yeah, you're probably you're absolutely yeah. right. 
Tell us to shut the fuck up. That's right. <laughs> I'd be happy to eat my fucking slop, though. I'm yes. <laughs> kind of hungry, actually. After this is over, I'm going to maybe go get some stew. Maybe let's get some stew. <laughs> Alrighty, then. So, you got, got, got my notes. These are notes. Oh, you pen and, and paper yes. notes. Pen, pen I'm and all, paper, yeah. I'm all yeah. digital. I can't shake well, mine. Well, I was going to use the, the, the phone for the recording, uh, so that's <laughs> But that's for you, Aaron. Got some notes. Yeah, you going to rip them up at the end? I am. I'm going to rip them up for <laughs> the old Jim Cornette. Yeah. <laughs> but not as angrily, because this is uh, this is one of the movies, the movies in the series that we both really love, obviously, by the name of the podcast, the whole damn enchilada podcast. This is one of our favorites, and uh, it, it, gets, it gets a lot of, a lot of heat, because uh, Jason's not in the movie. Technically. But, technically. But... I don't give a fuck. It's great. I think it's got the best character development of any of the movies. I mean, like everybody's memorable. Like literally everyone in the movie. Just about. Just about. Yeah. I'll, I'll be honest with you. When I was a young, young, young man, I did not like this movie. No. No, it grew, it grew on. on me. It grew yeah. on me. I don't think this one really became one I liked until I was probably about thirty. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. This is one of the ones that. I rented the most when I was a kid, and I just always had it around, so I watched it the most. I used to skip it, actually, <laughs> when I would rewatch I just, it. I like the, the whole Tommy art. Four, five, and six was my jam when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and it, it still is, but um, five, five um, ended up being you know, my favorite out of the three, and I just uh, I thought, um, as a kid, I couldn't tell who the killer was, and I thought that was really cool. Now, I mean, it's obvious as, right. you know. It's, it's super obvious, but I wish they would have kind of, you know, looking back in hindsight, I wish they would have hit it a little better. You, you, but, talk, you talking to me, Rick? Yeah. Was it that obvious? Yeah, that was extremely <laughs> obvious. Should I just stare at you with my eyes and have the camera just... Oh, Roy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those steely blue eyes. Soulless. So, uh, let's, let, let's get into this. Uh, just, uh... Go ahead and you start and I'll jump in from time to time, kind of like we did the first time. Yeah, I did it the same style. Okay. And I fucked something up the last time right at the beginning, so I'm going to get it right out of the way. Danny Stanman. Stanman. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> this is the review of Friday the 13th, A New Beginning, or Friday the 13th, Part 5, A New Beginning, depending on which source you look at. Sometimes yes. it's called that, sometimes the 5 is gone, sometimes it's not. But anyway, this film was directed by Danny Steinman. The late Danny Steinman. Yeah. So, we get the opening scene with the young Tommy Jarvis, and the role is reprised by Corey Feldman, who played him in the final chapter. Tommy goes to visit the grave of Jason Voorhees. He hears voices and runs into the shrubs to hide. Then, you know, we get a little minor character bomb here. We get, and I had to look these names up. Because <laughs> they don't say their they names don't say on their screen. Names. Uh, Rick, Ricky, when he was watching it to review it, he said, what are these guys' names? I have mm-hmm. no fucking idea, bud. Well, they are Neil, played by Todd Bryant. And Bob? And Les. Oh, okay. <laughs> played by Curtis Conaway. Okay. And then we had Jason Voorhees in this scene, played by Johnny Hawk. Johnny Hawk in this scene, That's yes. That's right. So these two dudes, I don't know if they're drunk or high or whatever, but they just think it's a great idea to dig up old Jason. <laughs> and what the fuck do you think is going to happen? Right. And now I did something a little different on this one. I have a little counter. And very quickly, kills one and two happen. Yes. I have a, a counter in my notes. Ah, you I skipped them since they, they were just a, a dream. I count them because it happens on screen. Just, okay. There's one later, too, that I count that some people don't, but I do. Okay. So one gets stabbed in the stomach, the other in the neck. Very little blood, 
for such kind of wounds, but we'll get to that later. Mm-hmm. Kills one and two. Then Jason sees Tommy hiding in the shrubs and slowly approaches him and raises that machete and he's going to do him in. And then all of a sudden he wakes up and he's in a car and we see John Shepard as the young adult, Tommy Jarvis. Tommy Jarvis. Now, real quick, I didn't really think about this when we were reviewing part seven, but the same fucking thing happened. We have a character who's dreaming or hallucinating or whatever about something that happened to them or not at a younger age. And they wake up in a car, and it's their, like, grown-up self. It's I the exact same fucking thing. I, mentioned it. I didn't. As far as part five goes, I did not. I thought we brought it up. No, didn't I didn't. No, I don't think we did. But, yeah, they basically ripped that off from five at the beginning of seven. Well, that, and they ripped off four. <laughs> They're just ripping off lots of people. Carrie, they ripped off Carrie. Yeah. Seven was a, a lot of ripping off going on there. <laughs> That's, so, what, that, that's how this movie started. Yeah. Yeah, Friday the 13th was rip off Halloween. These guys just yeah. ripped people off. It's true. But it's, it's, it's part of the horror genre. But it was only like two movies removed, five to seven, and it's just like the exact same fucking thing. <laughs> but anyway. Okay, so we got Tommy in the back of the nut van. Yep, he's on his way to Pinehurst. And we don't know what Pinehurst is yet, but we're going to find out. But before we hear that, or we see that or find out. We hear the opening credit scene and it's a great Manfredini song. Oh yeah. I love this one. It's just fantastic. It's like vintage Manfredini as it were. I love the opening theme. And, and in my in my research I seen that the blowing up of the hockey mask, they wanted to do that in four, but mm-hmm. ran out of money or something and couldn't do it. I don't I forget what the reason I think that's what they said was the reason why they didn't do it. So then they saved it for this one. Well either way, it was pretty cool. It was cool. That, you know, the credits or whatever, just the music drags me yeah. in. I'm a big music guy, as people will, will see as this yes. goes on. <laughs> but yeah, great score. Yeah, I said, I said I mentioned that in my introductory episode. You did. They, they yeah. had, you had performed and been in bands and such. So quickly, we meet two characters as soon as the credits are over. We meet Billy, played by Bob DeSimone, mm-hmm. and Pam Roberts, our, who will be our final girl, played by Melanie Kinnaman. Samar Ross. Not yet. <laughs> oh, yeah, I got you. <laughs> well, Pam meets Tommy. He's not at all responsive and basically a mute and not talking. Speaking of mute, 24 words for old Tommy Jarvis in this movie. There are 24, exactly. I have that, too, and that's going to be something <laughs> I'm going to mention later. Maybe I like it, maybe I don't, but mm-hmm. I will bring it up. Okay. But that is a good, good fact to throw out. Billy makes an obscene gesture towards Pam, and she in turn takes Tommy to meet Dr. Letter. It's Dr. Matthew Letter, played by Richard Young from Indiana Jones and uh, Last Crusade, I think. One of those movies he was in. Oh, okay. So Dr. Letter gives Tommy a brief description of what Pinehurst is all about. He and Pam discuss Tommy's past as Tommy goes to check out his new room. And then we meet, in Rick's estimation, the real final the girl, real final girl. <laughs> of this film. Yes. Reggie the Reckless, played Reggie by the Reckless. Shavar Shavar Ross, Ross of uh, Different Strokes. Different fame. Strokes. Yeah. <laughs> I'll leave it at that for this one. <laughs> So that's the scene where Reggie scares uh, Tommy with the rubber spider deal and teases him, and then Tommy puts on one of his homemade masks and ah, freaks him back out. And they seem to actually kind of hit it off as fast friends, actually. They do. Yeah, they have a little chemistry, and Tommy even speaks a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Just a couple of words, but still. And then all of a sudden, we are hit with the hugest character bomb of all time because we hear police sirens out the window. <laughs> Reggie has got a boogie out and see what's going on. Which the way Reggie reacted, it kind of seemed like this is a, 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 a and 
it seems like this is a common occurrence here at Pinehurst. <laughs> and within the first five minutes, those police are there like twice. So I, I think it is. I think this is a common thing at Pinehurst is cops just showing up for God knows whatever reason. Maybe that's what happens when you just let nuts just run around unsupervised doing whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, probably not the best idea. <laughs> but in rapid succession... We're basically introduced to seven characters with speaking. There's more of them out there, but seven with speaking parts at this point. Okay. I only introduce them as they get a speaking part. There you go. So we meet George, who is Reggie's granddad, played by Vernon Washington, who I thought was actually very terrific in this. He for, was. For the brief scenes he had. Yeah, he, he really he really felt like a, oh, Reggie's grandpa in real life. Like yes. They, 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 he really felt like he cared about him, and you could tell he was raising him, and yeah, whatever happened to their parents, something must have. But no, that, that's who, you know, going a little too deep. But yeah, he, he really was good with Reggie. He was. Then we meet Sheriff Tucker, played by Marco St. John, and his deputy, Deputy Dodd, played by Richard Lineback. Then we meet Eddie, played by John Robert Dixon, Tina, played by Debbie Sue Voorhees. Then two more characters, Junior Hubbard, of course, played by Ron Sloan, and, and of course... Carol Locatell's Ethel Hubbard. That's right. The real star of this film. That's right. <laughs> See, between her and Junior, they really stole the show for me, and Ethel especially. Ethel was just something else, and she was amazing. So Eddie and Tina were caught screwing on the Hubbard's property by the sheriffs. The Hubbard's arrive, and Ethel puts her two cents in with a very classic scene. Yes. So many, so many lines here. Everybody loves Ethel. You hear me, fella? <laughs> I got a bomb on me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, every, everybody loves this scene. It's just, it, it's so ridiculous, but it's amazing at the same time. The, the thing with a lot of these characters in this movie is they are all over the top. They're all crazy. They're all just, it's just the, it, all the characters are pretty, pretty out there. I think that's what really makes this movie. It's not a great movie. Like it's, it's not going to be confused with, uh, you know, any of your uh, Academy Award winning movies. No, I don't. I don't think. <laughs> but you remember everybody. I don't think Criterion is going to uh, restore any of these films and no, put them out. No, no, definitely not. <laughs> On like 4K or something. No. <laughs> but after that classic scene that we've all seen a million times and we all love, we get another little minor character bomb and another classic scene follows mm. it directly. We meet Joey, played by Dominic Braschia, Braschia, however you want to pronounce that. Robin, played by Juliet Cummins. Violet, played by Tiffany Helm. And Victor, a.k.a. Vic, played by Mark Venturini. This is the infamous chocolate bar scene. Yes. The scene that <laughs> sets the whole film in motion. In my opinion, Vic was really out of line. Yes, he was. <laughs> Damn Vic. <laughs> so there we go again. Joey is kill number three in this film with an axe to the back. And all he wanted to do was hook his boy up with a chocolate bar, man. It's just trying to, just trying to go out of his way to help people. It was, he's an orphan, didn't have a family. He sees this group of nuts at the nut house as his family, wants to look out for everybody, tries to help with the laundry, can't do that right. So he's just a ne'er do well. Is that what the ne'er do well? Yeah, ne'er do well, yeah. And it's just a try hard. There's an overall good guy that just can't get things right. and... Vic is just angry at the world mm. and doesn't want to be there, doesn't want to talk to anybody, just wants to chop his wood and go on about his day. And it's a little too much for uh, of old Joey in his face there. <laughs> two, two totally different sides of the coin, and it's so plain and simple, too, because Joey's like, I really like it here. Vic's like, I hate it. Like, right <laughs> I hate it. I hate you. Yeah. I hate everybody here. I wish you all died. So after Joey is a... Uh... 
unmercilessly done in. Yes. We hear. And we only see two swings of the axe, but when they yeah. show that body, there's yeah. body parts all over the place. Yeah. I think. I think. Uh, I think Vic went a little crazy with that axe. <laughs> we get two paramedics arriving as we hear the sirens, and the first one's name is Duke, played by Kasky Swaim, and the second one's name is Roy, played by Dick Weend. Right on. So Roy's reaction to seeing Joey's dead body gives away the ending once you've seen it. Yes. It at least makes it feel more obvious on subsequent viewings. Anyway. Maybe <laughs> yeah, not a total exactly. div- giveaway, but it just you yeah. kind of pick it up. The anger in his eyes they show there. And yeah, and then the camera fades out on him too as well. Mm-hmm. It's just like... With, with the ominous music. Right, the, yes. Like this random paramedic just shows up, but we're going to pay all this attention to him. Yeah, like, they, I think they, they focused a little bit... A little bit too much on him, and I wish they wouldn't have. I wish they wouldn't have either. It just Or more. Made him more of a central character. But he's an ancillary character, as you say. But then he's still getting all this, like, these long, drawn-out shots on him. Or yeah, random, they're, like... They're just like, telling you to, to look at him yeah, too much. like, remember this guy. He's going to come in handy later. <laughs> It's almost like VH1, like, pop-up video. Everything's short of a bubble coming on the screen. Like, right. hey, eyes on this fella. So after that scene, we are going to be hit with our first two fodder characters of this film. Oh, God, yeah. We meet Vinny, played by Anthony Barreal, and Pete, played by Corey Parker. Two classic 50s greasers. Yeah, they look like rejects from West Side Story. Yes, they shit. do. They do. Well, they have car trouble out in the middle of nowhere and basically just proceed to get got. That's pretty much all there is to it. One of the better kills in the movie here. I disagree. You don't like it? No. I like the road flare in the mouth. The road flare in the mouth is interesting, but it doesn't make sense. <laughs> well, there's a road flare but, on the floor. You know? But he just sits there while a guy just walks up and puts a road flare in his mouth and he just sits there. <laughs> if I came up and put a road flare in your mouth, would you just sit there and let me do it? I'd probably fight back a little bit. Was that he, usually happen in these things. Like, was he even subdued at all? Like, before that? No. He just walks up and jams it right in there. <laughs> you know? Well, he was shocked. He opened his mouth. and But it probably would have been better if he did it faster, maybe. <laughs> you know, and then... I and, liked it. I don't know. I thought it was creative. I thought it was a creative kill. Nah, not a big fan of that one. Okay. Well, agree then, to disagree here. And then the throat slit is just classic. Classic throat, throat slit. Slice. Nothing special. Nothing special. So that, those are kills four and five for those keeping track. Okay. So then we now have Tommy's first hallucination, and we see quote unquote Jason for the first time, played by Tom, Tom Morgan. All right. Tom Morgan, the only guy to play Leatherface, Michael Myers, and Jason quote unquote on film at, at, at different times in movies. Also, a fact about him: Tom Morgan is also the only uh, actor that portrayed Jason Voorhees that looks more like an investment banker than a stuntman. <laughs> yes, he does. Yes, he does. Yeah. So, after that, we go down and we have the breakfast scene, which is also kind of iconic, too, in its own way. There's just very memorable scenes, and one after the other, one after the other. But it feels like they forgot to introduce old Jake, played by Jerry Pavlon, because he didn't have a speaking part. I like, so I, I like this guy. I like this character. Really? Yeah, I did. He, I thought he looked like Jerry Seinfeld on a shitload of antidepressants. Yeah, I mean, but he just <laughs> he seemed to fit in there. The, the, the little stuttering thing he did. Um, 
it just it it was just a cool little character that nothing nothing really important like there's so many characters that just stand out like so much in this mm-hmm. and he really doesn't but he 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 was he he fit his role and I did not stutter on purpose there that was that's okay <laughs> well this breakfast scene too is where uh, George the grandfather really stands out as a good actor mm-hmm. to me he he for me at least to this point seems like the best actor so far like for the minimal time that he has yeah he's very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then old Eddie comes in and he stole one of Tommy's masks and proceeds to try to scare him with it. And he wears an ass whooping for that. <laughs> oh, yeah. He How gets. Tommy Jarvis. He does. And then he turns into John Cena for a minute. And he AAs or FUs or whatever you want to call it through the Straight table. Through the table. And then just starts. total WWE. And idea. then just starts pounding him. <laughs> and then if it wasn't for a letter, mm-hmm. like splitting it up, he probably would have beat the poor dude to death. And that'll become a theme, actually. <laughs> People stopping. Well, where did he learn this kung fu? I don't know, man. I mean, he, he, you imagine he went straight to another home and home after home, and did they decide that part of his therapy should be learning many different martial arts? <laughs> <laughs> like that'll help you. I, I don't know. I don't know either, but yeah, it's a very memorable scene too. Oh yeah, especially with Violet setting the place for a dead person and a person in jail. You you don't set a place for a dead person. I said I was sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And I actually really like the Violet character. Let me jump in there. She doesn't get much character development in this film, and it's kind of a bummer, but I I, I really liked her character. Yeah, I thought she was cool. Um, Fun fact, her mom was in Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4? Really? Yes. I, I don't know if it was 4 or 5. Do you know who she played? I think I wrote it down. Let's check it out. You keep going ahead and I'll look at my notes. Okay. Well, after that scene, we're back to old Ethel. She's getting ready to make her famous stew. And we meet one ugly fucking man. (laughs) There's one ugly man who was there. And I actually had to look his name up, too. His name is Raymond, and he's played by Sonny Shields. I had no idea. A lot idea. of these guys, they, don't, they never say their names on, on screen. You're right. Duke, Duke's name was never mentioned. The two guys in the beginning's name was mm-hmm. never mentioned. Yeah, I had to look some of these up. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, his name was Raymond, and he wasn't one ugly fucking man. <laughs> but again, played by Sonny Shields. Uh, and after that, we have a pretty over-the-top scene. It's the diner scene. Where old Billy returns, old creepy Billy, the uh, guy who drove Tommy to Pinehurst. Rolls up, and then we meet Lana, played by Rebecca Wood Sharkey. It's showtime indeed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's got the giant 80s fake tits yeah. <laughs> displayed for the whole world. And there's yeah, a, not, 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 not one of my, my, my favorites. There's actually. a forecast of snow flurries up your nose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bobby Simone, he was pretty good at this. He, he was kind of funny. Just a total creep. A total, total. All, all the reason he was pulling this girl was because he had all the coke. Because he had blow. Yeah. You know he's uh, he's balding. He looks like shit. He's got a shitty job. A, he's got a cool car. It wasn't rusted out and beat up. But yeah. yeah. He got all the coke, so he's all good. So anyway, we we even in this one too. We get the classic cat jump scare. Yeah, I, I, I made in, that in my yeah, notes in the diner. Yeah, we even get the cat jump scare. It's like where do all these cats come from in and around Crystal Lake? All right. Um. Th- Tiffany Helms' mom, mm-hmm. Brooke Bundy, Bundy, was Elaine Parker in 4 and 5. Elaine Parker. Oh. That was Christine Kristen's mom. mom. Yeah, mom. yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. I got it. Back to the business at hand. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
with this diner scene, there is absolutely nothing of any substance to this, but I find it highly entertaining. It was. It was great. I mean, a lot of these movies just have these bodies that get killed for no reason just mm-hmm. to have the, the kill count. And that's kind of what this was. But yes. both characters were, again, every character in this movie, you remember them. And they, they were good. Billy takes an axe to the back of the head. Mm-hmm. Lana takes an axe right to the chest, right between the Showtime twins. The Showtime twins. And that's kills six and seven for those keeping score. Tommy has another Jason hallucination as Eddie and Tina sneak off into the woods to fuck. Basically. <laughs> then we get another character, and he's only in the one scene, and then we meet Mayor Cobb, played by Rick Mancini. And he and the sheriff have their little argument, and the mayor mistakenly says that Jason was cremated, which kind of fucked shit up for the continuity of the movies well, later. I think I read, it, I read that he was uh, supposed to be cremated, but then somebody paid to have... Uh, <laughs> Have him buried in... Oh, possibly Elias. That's what the rumor is. Which is why Martin paid Marvin to be the caretaker. Or whatever. Yes, all that. But when we do part six, we'll go deep into that. Mm-hmm. But as for the... So I think it was just assumed that he was cremated. Right, as for the current... to know better. Yeah, as for the current canon, though, that's just... Oh, that line always bothered me. Yeah. Nothing but a pile of ash. Blah, 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 blah. But yeah, scene with the mayor and the sheriff is just... Nah, it's just there. To move the story along, I guess. Yeah, and it kind of... Plant the seed that you think that it could be Jason, which you mm. probably nobody ever did. <laughs> well, here's another thing that, or time that people thought it was quote unquote Jason. Eddie and Tina are being spied on in the woods. We think it might be quote unquote Jason. I keep calling him that. Yes. But it's Raymond who gets got by being stabbed in the stomach. That's kill number eight. Yeah, a pervert. That's right. He, he, <laughs> he, he wanted to get his stomach full. He got it full of a machete. Was it a machete? Or a knife. Or no, something. he got the, the, the clippers. Was it the hedge clippers? I don't know. I, I don't think, think it was. So, but maybe I don't think not. it was. Okay. I think His he stomach just got... was fucked up. That's all we did. Yeah, either way, it was nothing going in there yeah. anymore. <laughs> now, for what I think are the two very best kills in this film. The two very best, in my opinion. Yeah, th- th- these were definitely, definitely good. Now, before that, though, we get to enjoy W. Sue Voorhees in all her glory. All of her glory. We and do. And, um... I, I uh, she she commented on something I posted sometime, and the, the mm-hmm. fact that she was interacting with me, I had to take the chance to tell her. Cause, <laughs> I mean, when 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 was I going to have the chance to? She was supposed to be at the the, the Friday the Thirteenth Blairstown thing yeah. we went to, but they had to cancel for whatever reason. So I didn't get to tell her in per- person, but I was not going to pass up the opportunity to tell her that hers were probably the first I ever seen and that th- my first loves. <laughs> <laughs> they were beautiful, and so was she, and your, I had to let her know. Your first two And loves. she appreciated it. Yes. Yeah. Loves. Plural. <laughs> and she, she she appreciated it. She laughed, and she liked it. I was not the, nowhere near the first person to tell her this. Nor the last. <laughs> I'm not I'm not even a breast guy. I'm not. People know she that. Ama- but those, she's amazing. Good Lord. <laughs> That's all I got to say. <laughs> but anyway, Tina gets the shears to the eyes. And then Eddie gets his head crushed in that tourniquet-type device. The tourniquet where they just decided at the very end we're going to turn this the other way mm-hmm. for no reason whatsoever. I'm looking beyond that, though, because those are just awesome. Like, him discovering her and yeah. then that whole thing. that whole and thing. how quick the belt wrapped around his head and you just see it digging into his head. Just awesome. Yeah, you, you, uh, they both were great. And that's kills. Great nine. special effects kills. Kills 9 and 10. 9 and 10. Big body count in this movie. Mm-hmm. Now we get another iconic scene as Pam takes Reggie to visit his brother and Tommy decides, to, Tommy decides to tag along. <laughs> Here we meet 
Demon, played by Miguel A. Nunez Jr., and Anita, played by Jerry or Jerry Fields. Not exactly sure how to pronounce that, but that will happen. <laughs> so Demon and Reggie have a pretty genuine interaction, I thought. Miguel Nunez is a damn good actor, too, for a this movie guy, like this. This kind of reminded me when I was a kid, my older brother, our birthdays are like one day apart. He's five years older than me, and he was just like a total fuck-up, always in and out of prison and stuff. And it kind of, when Gramps was kind of hesitant about letting Reggie around him, it let me believe that maybe this guy had a little bit of a checkered past. Mm-hmm. And it kind of reminded me of when I was really young, and my brother would get out of prison, and I'd be able to see him for a little bit, and kind of had that relationship with him. You know, and it's only the one scene, but this character actually seems like he really, really cares about his little brother. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, you could be a fuck-up and still care about your brother. Of course. <laughs> but he seemed very, like a very genuine guy, just like the mm-hmm. grandfather in a way. It just seems like Reggie actually has a really good family. Mm-hmm. Like, on both sides. Yes. Yeah. So, we have that little scene, and then all of a sudden, Junior pops up and tries to accost Tommy. And then he proceeds to get his motherfucking ass kicked. Oh, man. And this one was like a total kung fu flick right yeah, here, man. Yeah. There was like kicks and sweeps. and yeah. I mean, like, again, where did he learn this shit? And Pam hears the commotion and runs out. And she basically saves Junior's life. <laughs> if it wasn't for her, who knows? He, could he just... hurt me, Mom! Yeah. He hurt me! <laughs> <laughs> but first... Those damn enchiladas start working their magic, don't they? <laughs> the... The namesake of the podcast. Uh-huh. Anita fucks with Demon while he's in the outhouse. Ooh, baby. Indeed. Ooh, 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 baby. Ooh, baby. I'm not going to sing. <laughs> <laughs> well, all of a sudden, it's quiet out there. So Demon cracks the door open and sees poor Anita got her throat slit. And as pointed out by my daughter who was watching this movie with me earlier, she was still breathing somehow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't do that without a windpipe, man. <laughs> no, that's yeah. kind of what she said. Or at least put like a gurgle effect on there. It's like the last moments of something. So then we have that little, it, and it actually it seems like it was longer, but it wasn't when I rewatched it. He gets impaled on what like the third like poke through. Yeah, and then that's pretty much. He that. takes a shot to the leg and a shot to the. Through the back, through the stomach, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first one misses, then the mm-hmm. leg, and then right through. So he's impaled by the, like, the spear or whatever that was. Who knows what that was? I'm not even entirely sure. Just a long, I think it's a long piece of object. Metal. Yeah. So those are kills 11 and 12. And moving right along. Pam and Reggie arrive back at Pinehurst without Tommy, and multiple characters are missing. Yeah, they're looking for Matt. Matt and Gramps both left, presumably to look for... Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the other missing characters, mm-hmm. and they're gone. Um, what, what, what was his name? The stutterer? Oh, that guy that Jerry... Jake. Jake, dude. Yeah, the Jerry yeah, Seinfeld. Jake, uh, Jake was a little nervous. He was a little yeah. nervous. Like, you know, people are leaving. They're not coming back. What the hell's going on? And then uh, Pam decides at this point that she's going to take it upon herself to go look for these mm-hmm. missing people. And, and this pretty much sets up the third act right The here. third act, yeah. yes. We're we're coming to coming to a head. We're we're getting to the home stretch, and to start start the third act, Junior arrives back at home, and Ethel isn't listening to any of his crybaby. <laughs> She's doing her own thing, and he is just being a baby in the backyard. And here, both of us have a, a background like I cook professionally for a long time. You're a great, very good cook yourself. Thank you. How the fuck is she making stew with fresh vegetables that she's about to feed to this guy in five minutes from then? 
Yeah, that's true. This <laughs> not gonna be It takes done. time for those. It's like a whole day. Yeah, yeah. You want to just throwing shit in this pot, and snapping the vegetables? Like it's ready. You know? Yeah. <laughs> this dude's eating cold fucking water with with just vegetables thrown in it. That's what this guy's eating. It's bullshit. <laughs> well, Junior's on his bike, and then he, he gets, yep. gets the old decapitation, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that, that was another good kill. We got the yeah. severed head that we got to pose with. We got with. to hold the, yeah. the severed head. I didn't hold it. Oh, okay. I, but I yeah. posed in a photo. It's actually yeah, it's right, right behind there. us on right the wall. There, as Ricky would say. Like, yeah. you know. I was cool enough. It was cool enough for me to see it and be around it and talk to Ron. I didn't need to touch it. Because <laughs> I'm sure 10 million people have. Yeah. Because he takes it everywhere with No him. doubt. So Come would I. If, if I was him, I'd take it everywhere with me too. And yeah, that, that was, um, if I'm not mistaken, it was in a like a warehouse somewhere and somebody found it. It's like, hey, you want this? And he was like, fuck yeah, I do. <laughs> I think he had it restored too. Or yeah, something. he had it touched up and yeah. stuff. Probably sealed and everything. And mm-hmm. So he gets the, you know, the old decapitation. And then poor Ethel... Meets her demise with a cleaver to the face. Cleaver to the face and just face first into her cold water and cold vegetables. Yeah. And those are kills 13 and 14, thus ending the film for everyone's favorite pair of characters in this movie. The dynamic duo is no more. I just almost want to take a moment of silence right now. (laughs) So, but we can't. We have to muster. We, we We must move on. Well, Pam gets the old cliche horror movie car trouble. Oh. <laughs> what would a horror movie be if somebody doesn't have None car trouble? None of these motherfuckers' cars ever run around. They don't, man. <laughs> Better take your ass to JD Byrider or some, some shit. shit. Some shit. <laughs> well, Jake then takes the opportunity to shoot his shot at Ron. <laughs> Which is. Which is blocked like Dukin Ben Mutombo. Yeah, he gets shot Hard down to the face. in humiliating fashion. <laughs> <laughs> and he want, goes to Violet to be consoled or for some like girl advice. And he's shot down by her too, even on a friendship <laughs> level. This dude can't catch a break. And then he catches a cleaver to his face for kill 15. Right in the hall. Mm-hmm. Poor stuttering Seinfeld wannabe bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Dude can't get laid and can't even get a friend. What the fuck, man? This movie's kind of depressing. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> so Robin tucks Reggie into bed on the couch and then heads up to bed herself. I think she's fucking adorable. Yeah, she way. is adorable. I gotta think for redheads. Yeah, and she, likewise. She, she, has, she has a great great body and likes to show it off. My son, he's watching the movie with me and he goes... Why is she sleeping naked? Who sleeps naked? Why Plenty do you of sleep people. Naked? Yeah, well, he, he don't know that. <laughs> I was like, well, she basically was sleeping like you. You sleep without a shirt on, you know. But I guess it's different because she's got boobies. Yeah, I guess. See now, as an older man, her body type is more preferable to me than what W. Sue Voorhees was. Maybe not when I was a young man, but now it is. I like I like them both. It depends on my my, my day of the week. Yeah. Yeah, no no argument there. So she's laying in bed and then she gets impaled through the bed with the machete up and under for kill 16. And that's like a classic horror kill through the bed. That's after she discovers Jake's body next Right, right? fresh body. Well, minutes fresh. (laughs) Now comes a very classic scene. Oh, the, the dance? Yes. Too bad this isn't on video. I can get Ryan to... Copy the dance oh for you. my! I don't know about that. <laughs> so Ricky Violet, was like, "What the fuck 
fuck is she doing? So Violet's doing her sort of like technoly, uh, like robot-y kind Pop of dance. Yeah, it's yeah. like a weird combination of all. And the song His Eyes by Pseudo Echo is actually pretty damn cool, I think. Yeah, it's pretty cool, but th- this just shows us Caucasian people, dancing is just not for us. <laughs> it's, not. it's not going with the music whatsoever. Yeah. I don't know what the hell she's got going on. She's she's enjoying herself, but so it's like a little slow burn. So as what, he walks what's worse, this oh. or old um with the the corkscrew part four? Oh, Crispin Glover. Crispin Glover. Yeah. What do you think's worse, this dance or his dance? The worst dance. Yeah. Well, his dance is amazing. <laughs> First of all, I just wish they were allowed to play the actual ACDC song he was dancing to and not. Yeah, your love is a lie. That's lying, <laughs> lying. That's the name of the down, band. Man. Chris Farley stole those dance steps later. He probably did. <laughs> I don't know. Like the Violet scene is iconic, though. Yeah. Everyone remembers this mm-hmm. too because she, she works conventions just based on this scene, pretty much. <laughs> so leave Ari alone. Nobody's giving Tiffany Elm any shit. So, mm-hmm. so Jason, quote unquote, creeps up behind her slowly. And grabs her in a chokehold for a minute, and then she's just stabbed in the stomach. And that's kill number 17. Now, I want to stop here, because this is like almost a thing like a part 7 issue. The original kill for her was going to be fucking awesome. Okay. It was extremely graphic, though, and the MPAA said, "Uh uh-uh. Is there video of this? There is not, but there are photos of her. All right. And the aftermath of it, smiling, showing off her wound. Okay. And her wound is uh, down there. If you oh, know what I'm saying. we went. We went um, terrifier. Sort of. So she is basically effed <laughs> with a machete <laughs> in all the, its glory. But they, yeah, I can see why the MPAA would have a problem with this. They said back then. they said that was not happening. I mean, they wanted to give this an X rating anyway for all of the. They did the smut. Well, with where that machete was supposed to wind up, that would have technically been an X rating because, you know, penetration. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it would have been cool, I think, you know, but again, that's like the whole Danny Steinman thing. A lot of people thought he was like creepy and perverted and whatever. And, well, uh, he, did, he did a porn movie. He, oh, he definitely did. <laughs> but in, in this film, he's like, well, I can't film dicks going in there, so let's film a machete going in there. And, well, poor Danny. Go, go poor Danny. You know they said point, no right? to that, too. So that was that. So after that, Reggie wakes up and discovers the carnage. He then shows Pam, and she lets out a hell of a scream. That's a good a one. scream that can't compete with Reggie's. No. <laughs> Nor Maddie from Part 7. No. Hell of a scream on that girl. Yes. Diana Barrows. Uh, right after that, in kicks a fantastic Manfredini score again. Mm-hmm. And we see, quote unquote, Jason bust through the door. And our I, f- I love those bust through the door mm-hmm. scenes that Jason does. Yeah. And our final girl slash Jason chase scene is on. Yep. I'm a huge fan of the blue chevron hockey mask, by the way. Huge. As fan. am I. Yeah, huge fan. The overall look of Jason is just okay with the jumpsuit and all that, but the mask I love. I don't know whose idea it was to go blue and like the long sideways chevrons, but props to whoever that was. We then discover that Duke from earlier is dead and his throat slit as well. And he still has his gum in his mouth. Oh, yeah, he's probably, probably calling people a bunch of pussies. And, <laughs> and that's kill number 18. All right. Yeah. 
Then Reggie lets out his iconic scream. Yes. Right at that part. And this is where Ricky said, this guy is a pussy. He said he ain't scared of nothing, man. He was scared of the spider. He's scared of this. He's scared of that. This guy's full of shit. So right after they discover Duke and Reggie lets out that scream, this is my favorite piece of music in this whole film right here. The full bit from the chase between the ambulance and then back to the Pinehurst house. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite pieces of music in the whole franchise right here. Just that... Just the intensity of it. It's a it's great for a chase. It's just oh like mm, the chord progressions are just beautiful to me. This is just great. And on the way, during this thing, we find Doctor Letter was killed, and he has you know a, sp- a railroad spike, spike through, through his, the head, through his and head. he's spiked to the tree, just hanging there. And that's, yeah, that, that head, I mean, that, there's some force that goes in with that thing. Mm-hmm. And that's kill number nineteen. Okay. So we're back at Pinehurst now, and then we see poor Grandpa George thrown through the window with his eyes gouged out. That's kill 20. The saddest death of all the characters in this one to me, because yes. I really like that Grandpa yeah. character, man. He's such I, a sweet old man. He was. The short amount of screen time he got, he, he really stole a couple of scenes mm. to me. He really did. Now, just as Pam is about to get it, running out of the house, Reggie saves the day on that little uh, little bulldozer. Yeah, a little tractor deal. Then we get the horror cliche false finish. Yes. The false finish. (laughs) He kicks out it too. Yeah, she's in there hugging him. It'll be all right. Yeah. Bitch, run. Yeah. And this is where quote unquote Jason revives and chases our two protagonists. Protagonists, not antagonists. Into a barn. It's a little bit of a copycat of part three that our film is coming to an end in a barn. But we'll do three another day. Callbacks. Callbacks, not copycats. Yeah. Then Pam goes all Leatherface on quote-unquote Jason (laughs) and runs out of juice just before she can put an end to him. Again, the horror cliche. The car runs out of gas. The fucking chainsaw runs out of gas. How much is fucking... Gas prices were fucking cheap in 1985. (laughs) There's no excuse for your stuff. It's a farm. Yeah, you should have gas everywhere. Yeah. And then just then, Tommy shows up. Putting an end to any thoughts that he might be, quote-unquote, Jason in this movie. Although we're, you know, the wiser that he's not. But if not him, then who? Who could it be? Who? 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 Yeah. Well, Tommy gets slashed, but he has enough wherewithal to stab, quote-unquote, Jason in the leg and then climb up to the hayloft. Mm-hmm. Quote-unquote, Jason <laughs> climbs up after the now trio of protagonists. Now that we know Tommy. Yeah, that, that, that's where we had a... A trio of antagonists, mm-hmm. and we have a trio of protagonists. Right. Both are very ambitious for a horror film. So, we get another false finish. That's when he <laughs> falls out. When fall. Reggie jumps down, and you know, but he's hanging there. He didn't go mm-hmm. all the way down. He pops back up. So, he kicks out at two again. Another <laughs> John false. Cena of Jason's. <laughs> That's right. And we have the John Cena of protagonists and Jason's. We get another false finish, and then it finally comes to an end as Tommy slashes Jason in the arm and thus dropping him onto some conveniently placed spikes. <laughs> and that is kill number 21. 21. Mm-hmm. The big 21 in this one. Oh, we're not done. We're not done. No? No. It's revealed that quote-unquote Jason isn't Jason after all and is Roy. Roy Burns. That's right. The paramedic from earlier. It turns out he's Joey's biological father, and he snapped and went on a killing spree to avenge the death of his son. They never really gave enough of a fuck about to do anything with 
think it went before then. Right. That's that's what I want to say is, you know, before we wrap this up. Yes. If he's so affected by the death of his son that he'd go out and kill 21 people, well, he wasn't responsible for all of those, but at least 15 people. Mm-hmm. And the kid was right in the same town as him this whole time. And Why he knew it, yeah, obviously, because he had the right. picture in his wallet. Why wasn't he in his life? Yeah, this guy's a kind of a shitty dad. <laughs> well, that's one thing, but it also... And everybody gets mad that he didn't kill Vic. Because Vic is right. the one that killed his son. It's like, well, Vic's in prison. That's right. What's he going to do, bust in there and the, uh, the worthless sheriff from earlier? Yeah, he, he could have made it. You know what, not even mentioned it. Yeah, the... It wouldn't have been hard to break into prison and take care of Vic. With, with the with the classic Friday the Thirteenth police force, yeah, his, his the sh- the sheriff and the deputies were a little hmm, <laughs> not so good in this movie. So in the final scene after that, Tommy attacks Pam, kills her by stabbing her in the stomach for kill number twenty two. Although it turns out to be just another dream. Mm-hmm. However, in the final shot, we get Tommy donning the mask and posturing like he's going to kill Pam anyway. Mm-hmm. To me, it really makes no sense and kind of puts a damper on what was a pretty good slasher flick to that point, but I don't like that last scene. I really don't. I don't. Well, I don't mind it if they would have went further with it, and I, I, and I think Tommy should have took it over. Yes, and I, I, I mean, we can't really hold I mean, that again. dude went fucking ape shit, bat shit crazy. Yes. It only stands the reason that he would, you know, throw on the hockey mask and become Jason. We can't really hold that against this film because of what happens later, which totally doesn't go in the direction it seemed like they were going to go. If anything, he's completely... Well, everybody wanted Jason back. And he's completely sane in part six, a Tommy character. Like, there's no... Well, he is breaking out of a mental hospital. He is, but there's really nothing crazy about him. But that we can't hold that against five because this is part five. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's, that's the end of the movie right there. And I thought about this one too. And I thought... I was going to grade it a little differently, but I, th- I think I actually downgraded it. Oh, okay. Not much. Yeah. But my final grade for, for this one is a B. Just a B. Yeah, and for me, it's an A all the way. It's, okay. It's, it's not my favorite. It's my second favorite because one is just, one is a classic movie. Like we were talking about earlier how the joked how this wouldn't win any Academy Awards, but I thought one was more of a classic take on a horror movie. And, um, but this one, all the characters are so memorable. All the character development. There's there's not a whole lot of plot holes. Um, again, I, if I had one gripe about it, I wish they would have hit the fact that Roy was the killer a little better. But I, I fucking love it. It's it's like one is one A, and this is one B in my uh, my 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 fave fandom. See, I don't like it as much as you, but I do like it much more than the average yeah, fan. Yeah, because a do. lot of people just, just hate it. Like, oh, five's the worst, five's the worst. I was leaning B+, plus, like, before yes. this rewatch. That was, but after I watched it, I actually, it kind of dinged down for me a little. It did. And may, maybe it was just the mood of everything, and maybe it might change later. But for now, I don't think I can go higher than the B, just because I kind of grade on a curve, as you'll see. Mm-hmm. And there, there are several that need to be graded higher than that, in my estimation. Right on. But, again, I'll break down the five favorite things I did like about it. My five favorite things. Number five is the character of Violet. I wish we would have got more of her. Yes. I really do. I liked her yeah, she look. She was different. I liked her look. I liked her attitude. And just her style. Just She was just different than all the mm-hmm. others. 
Number four was a look at a hockey mask. I fucking love it. Yeah, I fucking love, love it. Even blue. though I like the, the little blue splotches bug me. Mm-hmm. But um, as you said, you, you kind of have a theory that that was either the the make the the effects guy painted the painted the chevrons and had paint on his hands when he grabbed it, or Roy himself mm-hmm. painted him, and that that was a a byproduct of that. I like it. It seems more real. <laughs> uh, my third favorite thing, number three, is Ethel. Okay. She's not my number one. I thought she would be, but she's not. But we'll get there. But still, that's okay. great to be. And I, th- I think I think Ethel, in my opinion, you got to go Ethel and Junior. Mm-hmm. I not get, Ethel. I guess you can throw Junior in there, but because they're, they're they're almost one. It's like 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 if you're into hip hop, Outkast, not one without the other, no good. Yeah. They're together. They're 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 a pair. They're one. So Big Boy and Andre are a package. Well, oh yeah, yeah. Well, they were until that last album, but, yeah. and then they split up and yeah, they did and their then, own then, thing. There was no good anymore, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of like that album, man. <laughs> but that's it. We'll talk about that another time. Number two, the final chase music. I love it. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite pieces of music in all of Friday the 13th films, and there are many great pieces of music in Friday the 13th films. And my number one favorite thing that I liked about this film is the whole sequence of Tina and Eddie's kills. You know, oh yes, yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, the, just whole, the whole thing is beautiful. It's like that whole, like even like five minute scene is just, it's wonderfully shot too. I mean, it's like it's, yeah, it's hard to say something with a naked girl sitting there and then these murders happen. It was beautifully shot, but it was, it really was. My, my, I don't know. I didn't do a five favorite things, but some of my favorite things, of course, Ethel Junior. Of course, up there. Um, the 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 the. the the scene that you just described is, is definitely great. The music, Harry Manfredini, is always good. Um, just the character development in general, just the fact that you cared about everybody in the movie. Yeah, it, it was it just it's a great great movie. I, I do I do really like the hockey mask. I like the the, the Carolina blue chevrons. Yeah, and it's just a great color. <laughs> well, now I got to. I almost want to rock it with a pair of Carolina blue Jordans. <laughs> just walk, walk, just walk around with the mask. Yeah, just walk around the mask. <laughs> Michael Jordan college jersey on. That's right. Good work. Old North Carolina. <laughs> well, I got to tell you the bottom five things I didn't like about it. All right, bottom five. Because I got to do that for all of them. Number five is the fact that Tommy only says 24 words in the whole movie. Here, I'm bringing it up now. I don't <laughs> like it. Don't like it. I get what they were going for, but it just fell flat in that regard. Yeah, I think, I think he should have had a little more dialogue. He, I knew they wanted him to be standoffish and different, but yeah, they could have... He could have said some more things, and it would have let us into his uh, personality a little more if he had more words. My thing is this. Either make him totally mute altogether, or give him more character development. Mm -hmm. Don't split the middle. And I feel like they just split the middle. Number four is the fact that they scrapped the direction Tommy was headed entirely. You know, this whole thing, is he the killer, is he not? Oh, he's not. He's a protagonist. But at the end, oh no, they're going to make him a killer, and they didn't. And again, that's kind of goes into six, but I just didn't like that. Three, the Scooby Doo style feel to the ending. <laughs> no doubt, but that's one of the things I liked. Mm. I thought the same thing. I don't like it. <laughs> I like the film up until then very much. It's a total, total it, mystery. Like, and if you're noticing, most of the things I don't like are all towards the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great eighty-five minutes, but that last five just mm-hmm. mm, kind of sticks in my craw. Uh, the number two thing I dislike the most about it is the fact that the whole thing basically happened because of a chocolate bar. <laughs> Just when you really think about it. All of this over a candy bar. You see all the memes? <laughs> yes. You know? 
and I didn't really think about but that. The one mean like he offers him a candy bar. It's a Snickers though, and he actually eats it, and then it goes the end. Yeah, <laughs> nothing happens. Mm. He was he was hungry. That was the only problem. And the number one uh, thing that I did not like about this movie is the overall quality of the kills. Other than Tina and Eddie's, I thought they were very uninspiring. A lot of cutaways and just a lot of repetition. A yeah, lot of so, yeah, a lot cleaver of to the head, see. cleaver to the head, throat slit there off was camera, five throat slit yeah. off camera. Yeah, and then just like eyes gouged out, eyes gouged out, cleaver, cleaver, <laughs> throat slash, throat slash, throat slit, just. I like yeah, Tina, repetitive. I like Daddy, I like Junior, and I, I liked the Road Flare just because it was different. I like Junior's Kill too. Mm-hmm. That'd probably be my favorite but besides four, Tina. And those Eddie. four were like the only we're talking about for sure. But yeah, that uh, that pretty much brings us to an end on this one. Brings us to a close. And uh, so, um, yeah, that's it for this week. And uh, we're going to be doing uh, a new segment in, in honor of Ethel Hubbard. Carol Locatell, we're going to be doing the Dildo of the Week segment. <laughs> and we're going to add that in through the Miracle Technology later once we figure that out, but it should be on this episode. But if you guys have any ideas of people that you think should be a Dildo of the Week, send them in, and we'll trash whoever it is for about five minutes, and we'll go we'll, 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 we'll go from there and see how that works out. And Ethel will give them a uh, tongue lash. And a yes, she will. Yes, she will. From, from, from beyond the grave. <laughs> But that's it. We're 50 minutes in. We're going to wrap this up for now. And I'm going to add some other shit to this later. And through the miracle of technology, piece and part it together in the one long episode. And hopefully it doesn't suck. So, um, yeah, that, that'll do it for today. And we'll talk to you guys next week. There goes the neighborhood. Okay, get ready to finish up the part five episode. We got the Ricky Reviews movie segment. And he watched uh, Friday the 13th part five with me. He's seen it a million times, right? About a million times? Like a hundred. Like a hundred, not a million. Okay, and this is uh, this is one of your favorite ones? You like this one? Third. Third favorite. Okay. Third favorite. It's his third favorite in the franchise. We've watched it, like I said, a bunch of times. He, he really he liked the mask a lot, you said, right? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. Alright, uh, so in this movie, did you think it was scary? No, no Jason movies are scary. No Jason movies are scary. <laughs> what about um, Reggie the Reckless? He wasn't scared, right? He said that. He said nothing scares him, right? Yeah, and he's a pussy because he got scared of Tommy with the mask. He got scared of the dead body. He said nothing scares him. But he screamed. How did he sound when he screamed? <laughs> See, you can't even do it because you're not even you're not even as much of a Pussy as him, huh? Yes. <laughs> He's not tough. He claimed to be tough. He wasn't so tough, huh? Yes. But he did run over space with a tractor with Roy. He did run, he run over Roy with a tractor? Yeah. Yeah, so at that time, he, he got tough though, right? Yes. He kind of saved the day, right? No, Tommy did. Well, he did first. Because yeah. Tommy did at the end. Yeah, Tommy did at the end. So what was your favorite kill in this movie? Um, When Zoe died. When jo- Joey... Vic was way out of line for that, wasn't he? Um, yeah. <laughs> Remember he said that to him. He said, he said when he's going to give him the candy bar, he's you're way out of line. And then what did Victor do? He cut his arm off. With what? An axe. He was using an axe cut wound, and he just cut his arm off. He was annoying. And uh, what, what other parts of the movie did you like? 
So I like when Junior and Ethel, what's that? Ethel, Ethel. Ethel. Ethel, what did she say? What What's some of the things she said? Can you remember? Can you suck your sap or you ain't so pretty yourself, you know? <laughs> I said, you ain't so pretty. He said, I know. I ain't so pretty myself. <laughs> yeah, those are those are my favorites. You remember, you met that guy, right? Yeah, I met Junior. Junior was cool, yeah. right? He let us hold his head. Yeah. But There's a picture right there. A prosthetic head, though. Yeah, yeah, but that's the head from the actual movie. When he's on the bike and it gets cut up, that's the yeah. same head. And I don't know if he has a replica of his, the helmet. His helmet and glasses, yeah, because he was on a motorcycle. Yeah. Okay, so what else What else about this movie? So, scale of 1 to 10, what do you rate it? Um, 8.5. 8.5. Right on, right on. And uh, did you, when the first time you watched it, did you know who the killer was? No, until the end I did. So who did you think was the killer the first time you watched it? Do you remember? Jason. <laughs> no, Jason was the killer. You thought, Jason, you thought that was Jason? You didn't think it was somebody else yeah, pretending to be Jason? Yeah. See, I knew it was somebody pretending to be Jason when I watched it the first time. First time I watched it, I was a little bit younger than you. And uh, I knew it wasn't Jason, but I thought it might have been Tommy. Because Tommy, how he looked so crazy at the end of part four. Do you remember that? Yeah. Wait. So, oh, yeah. No, that at the was end of part four, when he's hugging his sister and his eyes get crazy, so you think he's going crazy. So you think that that's what it's gonna be. He did might go be crazy. Him. Well, he did go crazy because he ended up in the in the loony bin, right? Yeah, and he also beat people up. Yeah, because he all of a sudden learned kung fu, huh? Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. He also got six back somehow. <laughs> so what did what did you think of the scene in the woods with? Uh, with Tina and uh, Eddie. The two perverts? The two perverts are perverts? Yeah. Why are they perverts? Because they will do something in F. Um, inappropriate? Was it inappropriate? Yeah, I assume in BC called the sheriff. <laughs> no, I'm talking about later. Yeah, but yeah, what they called the sheriff, they were doing the inappropriate. I was talking about the scene in the woods right before they get killed. Yeah, the, the, the two perverts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, one got to see through the eyes by. Shears through the eyes. Yeah, by that the kill went when that guy's head got squished. Oh yeah, I like both of those kills. Those are two of my favorite. When she got the shears in the eyes, they put the makeup and the fake blood, and it got in her eyes and burned her eyes, and she said it hate. She hated it. She said it sucked. But yeah, it's tough. You know what her name is. No. Her real name? No. But how did they get her eyes to go visible and stuff? With the makeup, prosthetics. They know? put like little red contacts mm -hmm. over that. They did, yeah. And then there was like blood and stuff and it burned her eyes. But her name was Debbie Sue Voorhees. That sounds like a dumb name. That's a, well, the same name as Jason. Jason Voorhees. Yeah. Remember, remember we seen 13 Fanboy? You remember that movie? Um, yeah. Thought, Remember the first it. girl that gets killed in the movie? Um, the grandma? Yeah, I knew that's the grandma, her. but I forgot the name. Yeah, that's her. That's Tina. Oh. But when she's older. Yeah, that's her movie. She directed that movie. She was supposed to be at the Friday 13 Minicom we went to, but then she couldn't make it. Why? Oh, I don't know why, but she had to cancel. But I was upset. Yeah, it sucked. But, uh, I think she still got the other actors. Yeah, we got to see a lot of other actors. and We got to go to the lake. Remember, we went to Camp Crystal Lake. That was yeah. fun. Okay, so um, so that was a what, what movie do you think we should review next? Um, fanboy maybe. 
Fanboy 13. We probably could do that. Um, and uh, we're going to review Victim No More. You started to watch that one. Remember that? With yeah, that one but, kill? yeah, both. Late yeah, you got tired. You wanted to go to sleep. But you, yeah. I showed you that kill, though, right? Yeah, well, he, that guy whipped his rib off. He yeah. sliced down his face. He takes his rib out. So maybe you could sit in on that one and help us review that one. But that, that'll do it for right now. Yeah. That, oh, you got something else? Yeah, and Ryan didn't really... I was out of line with Ellen. He didn't really like the rubber costume. Yeah. Yeah, well, it was still pretty cool. I thought I, I, that's one of my yeah. favorite Jason looks is the Part Seven look. But yeah. you know, they, you know, they're they're a fan, it's a fan film, so they didn't have a million dollars. Yeah. So they had to do the best with what they had. And I thought they did pretty damn good, especially yeah. that with the rib in the eye. I mean, that looked really good. That looked like something you'd see in a high budget movie, my, I think. But um, yeah, Bob Heckman, he's the director that we're gonna have him on the podcast. We're gonna interview him on Tuesday, and we're, we're not. Quite sure how we're gonna do it, but it might be on the Facebook Live. But his rib was so small. Well, because he was deteriorated from rotting. It was part of his rib. Yes, he needs his whole rib. It was still this big enough to kill a guy. This Jeez, what do you want? Now it's bigger than that. You're crazy. <laughs> All right. So now we're gonna wrap this up until later. We still got to do the dildo of the week segment. We're gonna get that together. Get this all pieces apart together through the through, through through modern technology, and hopefully get this episode out tonight. Tonight is Saturday for those uh, paying attention, and we're gonna try to get this out. And hopefully, hopefully it's a pretty good episode. I, I think I think it's gonna be good. I think uh, I'm liking everything we did. But we'll see you next week, and when we review whichever one we review, we'll we'll do, we're gonna do a little bit more. One more, one more thing to say. Wendy's a pussy. <laughs> and on that, we are out of here. You big dildo, eat your fucking slop. Okay, so we're back with our uh, last segment of the episode, our new segment that I was working on. This is the Ethel Hubbard, Carol Locatell, Big Dildo of the Week, in honor of uh, Carol, who just recently passed, and obviously this episode's been a tribute to her, and I hope it came across as such. I hope we did her proud, and uh, this is going to be a weekly segment, hopefully, where we just smash anybody, and it could be a friend it could be an, an enemy, just somebody in your family that sucks. Somebody you ran into while you're working. <laughs> and, yeah, so, you know, somebody that, you know, you just don't like for whatever reason. Somebody in the news. Like, we, we considered doing Elon Musk. It was going to clown him for his uh, rocket blowing up. Um, I was thinking about that scam artist in Pennsylvania by way of New York. Did he scam you? He kind of did scam me. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. He took a bunch of money from us for the cane event that didn't happen. Said he was going to give it back to us, but you know what? Guess what? He, he gave it like $10. Like $20, yep. It was and actually he 40 I'm going to be fair and, and, and say it was 40 but he was supposed to, I made an agreement with that clown to give me $20 a week, and in four months I've gotten $40 from him and I ain't heard shit from him since. But that's okay. I didn't want him to be the, the first honoree in this segment. So we're going to skip him. We're going to get to that son of a bitch, though. What's that? We still got to see Kane and Adam We did get to see Kane and Adam Marcus because they did the best they could to make a bad thing good, and they came and met with us, and it was awesome. Even though um, rumor has it that the clown from Pennsylvania told people that Adam Marcus and Kane fucked him, which is the, the biggest lie in the world. But they'll not, never do that. They did, but they'll never do that because you know them. They're nice guys. But we're not going to talk about them. But um, FYI, 
if you were wronged by Jimmy J. Haggerty and Jimmy J. Entertainment and Horror 365, uh, slip in my DMs and let me know about it because we're going to do a full in-depth podcast about that. Hopefully getting Adam Marcus involved. He said he would do it, but I haven't heard back from him in a while. And I know, you know, he's busy. He's got a lot of things going on. But I digress. Ironically, the guy I did choose for the big dildo of the week, since we are we are into wrestling on this podcast, and you know if you've heard the news about Ted DiBiase, Ted DiBiase and his sons, both of them, and Brett Favre, allegedly, allegedly, I think we got to say allegedly because we don't want to end up like Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee, you know, is getting sued by Brett Favre for saying that he did this shit. But since there was charges, we might not have to say allegedly. But these pieces of shit, all of them in total, stole millions of dollars from people that can't afford to eat in the middle of a pandemic from welfare funds in Mississippi, I think it was. It was either Mississippi or Missouri. I don't have notes in front of me because you know I'm never prepared. How did that actually happen? No, I mean, it happened. It happened. Ted DiBiase was ordered to pay back millions of dollars, and his son was charged with fraud and everything like that. So, our, for our first big dildo of the week, and ironically, this piece of shit was in bed with Jimmy J. Haggerty. They were supposed to do an event. It was a dinner, but of course it didn't happen because that's the way that guy does things. So, they were supposed to do a meet and greet dinner, and um, yeah, it didn't happen. So... <laughs> <laughs> so it did, birds of a feather flock together, as they say. Isn't that what they say? Um, you ever heard that? No. <laughs> so, if I did this right, after this you'll hear Ethel tell them that they're the they're a big dildo. And, and Could you shut the fuck up? Ethel also says that. <laughs> so yes, my first big dildo of the week will be Ted DiBiase for stealing money from poor people. And if anybody else has um, any ideas that we people we could talk about on this, send them to the DMs, message me, and we'll, we'll clown them. And, and it's, Come on, guys. This is the first time I'm doing this. It's probably not as funny as I'd like it to be, but we'll work on it and we'll get better because we strive here at the Whole Damn Enchilada podcast to not completely suck, and I think we've achieved that. We, we're not trying to be the best because we're, we're underachievers here. We're just trying to be okay. We barely got like 70 points. Yeah, no, 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 on the page we got like 70-something. You, you said we could get to 50. We got to 50 and we're up to 70-something on the page. 20-something 20 20 something, um, subscribers on the podcast. We're getting there. It's a small, small step. If you had time to do this more, because I think they'd be into listening to you more, but you don't have time to fuck with this. You're a busy man. Ricky, Ricky's got things to do. Busy guy. <laughs> I'm busy playing Fortnite. Fortnite. Oh, it's all about the Fortnite. Yeah, when he did the costume Fortnite contest, he tried to do the Fortnite dance. What, what's the dance called? The gritty. The gritty. <laughs> He's doing it now. But I digress. This guy's distracting me. But again, hopefully this didn't suck. Big dildo of the week. Ted DiBiase. You big dildo. All right. Now have a great weekend, and we're going to talk to you next week. Say it like you mean it, Ma. Would you shut the fuck up? <laughs>